Hey everybody, welcome back to the Business Growth Advantage. Uh, I'm I'm here joined by my amazing and lovely co-host Liz Henson. Liz, how you doing? Good, good to see you guys. Today we're going to be talking about one of the biggest mistakes that I see business owners making. Um, and this this mistake is something that I know I've been guilty of. I've seen it in more free and paid paid Facebook groups than I can count. And it sounds like a really smart thing, like a good thing to be doing in business because there's that whole who, not how book. There's this whole sense of, um, you know, successful business owners invest a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But the, the mistake is, let me just hire some expensive person to save and rescue my company. Mm-hmm. Whether that's a Facebook ads wizard or a integrator or whatever it is, there's there's more and more of this talk, especially in the online business owner world of, oh, if I only had this type of like a high level teammate, everything in business would be so easy. Mm-hmm. And Liz, I know you're, you are both a business owner, an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur working for other businesses. Uh, so I would assume that you've, you've seen your own taste of this working inside of businesses as well. Oh yeah. And I did it myself. I mean, gosh, before I knew anything about team building or hiring, I was like, oh gosh, I got to figure out newsletters or Facebook ads. And I'd like spend way too much money and then not get the results I wanted because I didn't really have my messaging down. I didn't have systems in place. I was just having shiny object syndrome that this expert could come in and do it for me or like handhold. Right. Yeah. But it's, we can't get there if we don't really start from the the foundation up. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And there's, like I said, I, I totally get it. And I've been there there when when you start thinking, oh, who can I hire to help me in the business? It would be like, oh, wouldn't it be great if I hired this person either with this amazing skill set that I don't have that apparently the business needs, like marketing, or uh, who had a really just different type of brain that's wired differently that would help the business do the things that I'm not so great at. Mm-hmm. Liz and I were talking before we went live about how both of us are pretty big picture entrepreneurial thinkers. And doing a lot of the nitty gritty attention to detail stuff isn't really in either of our wheelhouses. And so for us, and I'm sure a lot of entrepreneurs, the idea of, oh, let me find just some highly skilled, trustworthy, super organized person who can basically run the business so I don't have to. That just sounds pretty awesome. It 
it never really works though the and it's and it doesn't work for two reasons because either it's not going to have the outcome that you want it to have that person isn't going to be as skilled or they're not going to be able to deliver and you just paid a lot of money so now you don't have more of a budget to make other types of investments in team or it does work and now your business's continued success depends on this person. And yeah. if they ever leave you, you're back to scrambling. Yep. And you're spending a lot more money than you really need to. I mean, you know, there's a time and a place to hire an expert or a consultant, but I know we talked about this in a past episode, but I can't say enough about bringing in, you know, a virtual assistant level person and just together getting the resources that you need to learn something. Yeah. And just really tackling it from let's build this and become experts on our own versus yeah. hiring the expert. It might take a little longer, but if we build it in house together, then it's now something that's sustainable over time. Yeah. And if you've been following us for a while, you know that Liz and I are a big fan of what we call the, the five CEO phases, which is a framework that we put together. By the way, it has nothing to do with how much money you're making, which is a really freeing thing to think about, too, because success and freedom and impact in business um, doesn't really just come down to how much money your business is making or how much you're taking home. But what, what we love about this CEO phase framework is this idea of so many business owners, they do have a clear picture of where they eventually want to be. Desire the, Island, right? The, yes, the type of the type of team and company that oh man, wouldn't it be great if I had that? What is super effective though is slowing down and saying, "Wait, I know that that's my destination, but where am I currently?" Mm -hmm. Because the more clarity I have around where I am, the more I'll know the right next steps to take. Mm -hmm. So let me break down these five CEO phases for everyone. Phase one, super easy. This is the solopreneur phase. Phase one is when it's the whole business is literally just you. You're wearing all the hats. And every single business owner, unless you like form a partnership, start out as a solopreneur. Yep. Phase two is a big jump. And I call it the hustler phase. This is where you now have at least one extra teammate. Usually this comes in the form of a VA. Mm -hmm. So if you find someone overseas who can be a great administrator, virtual assistant for you, they can be helping with entry level tasks for five to $10 an hour or less. And that is both a, a very profitable way to bring on a, a first teammate. It can be really sustainable for the business. And it also allows a really living wage for that person if they're overseas. Yeah. And you get a sense of what it feels like to start delegating or outsourcing. Yes. And it's, yes. it's really rewarding. And it's less about, hey, you're a rock star. <clears throat> Go do this and this and this because I don't know how. And it's more about, hey, I've created systems for you to follow. Yes. What we like to say is don't outsource your problems. Delegate your solutions. Yeah. Like so here's my step-by-step -step process on how I do X, Y, and Z. And that yeah. person's just going to follow 
step by step by step. So that's phase two, the hustler phase, which again is a big jump from phase one solopreneur. Phase three is what we call the manager phase. The, Formerly the, known as the systematizer, if you guys have been around a while. Yes, yes. So <laughs> what's what's different about phase three, this manager phase, is not only do you have at this point multiple VAs that are on your team, but they're covering for each other. Mm-hmm. And the reason why this deserves its own phase is because you've now reached a new milestone of business sustainability and freedom, mm-hmm. where... Now, when, when one of your VAs goes out of office, goes on vacation, gets pregnant, whatever the situation is, now instead of you as business owner having to go back into the weeds and cover for them, you've cross-trained another human being to do that work. So it really frees up your time. And as your business grows, you're going to know that um, on average, uh, every month there tends to be someone going out of office. And so the more you can have non-you teammates filling in and covering for each other, the more you get to respect the work that is super valuable that only you can do for the company. Yeah. And would you say this is when you really start to kind of emergency proof the business? Yes. I'm glad you said that because we definitely learned that with, with Indie Law, the law firm, um, that if if something ever happened to me or someone else on our team, we really want our clients to still be taken care of, right? And this goes beyond business efficiency mm-hmm. to just making sure that you're ensuring good customer service. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, I know we don't like to think about it, but it's just so important to know that if something yeah. were to happen that our customers are taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah. Which brings us now to phase four, which is the leader phase. Now, one thing that that we like to say in our team and in our programs is leaders lead people, managers manage things. Mm -hmm. And so we draw a pretty big distinction between leaders on our team and managers. So managers are one level up from doers. They are managing projects, making sure deadlines are getting hit on time. And then we have leaders who are leading the managers. Mm -hmm. And so we call the phase four the the leader phase because now more of your time is being spent leading managers, meaning you now have managers. So you've designed yourself now at this point out of not just doer roles, but these higher level project manager roles. So now Mm -hmm. someone else is going into your productivity tools, wherever your tasks and projects are living in, and they're reporting to you. So-and-so is is off track. Uh, this is still set to be done by this. Um, we're going to need your help to get this done in by on time. Yeah. I like to look at it as like there's a middleman now between the leader and the weeds. Yes. Right? There's like a communicator, a fire putter outer. There's someone to be their first, you know, stop before a problem comes to you and there's now this middle person yeah (laughs) so it's not like ceo weeds ceo weeds now there's somebody that's like constructing and absolutely uh, yeah and and then that brings us finally to phase five and there are several layers within phase five so once you hit it your job's not totally done but we call phase five the the visionary phase 
because in phase five, you now have a leadership team. Mm. So you not only have managers, but you now have people leading the departments. And, and Liz is on our leadership team. So, so she sees just how powerful and awesome it is to have a leadership team in place. Um, yeah. especially I mean, I, when you really done... feel like our leadership team is like little mini CEOs almost. Yes. Right. Cause I, cause I also am a visionary, a big thinker, like you mentioned in the beginning of the show, but it allows me to be in that role and not, not in the weeds. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and we'll, I don't think we'll have time to get into it today. Kind of dissecting this diff, these different sub phases within phase five. But if you're like most businesses, when you make the shift to phase five, where now you you have department leads, it's probably likely that these people who, who you've elevated into leading the departments are still also doing management and doer related tasks. Um, what you can get to, which is again just one level more of where the 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 fun and freedom and impact is, is we're now designing our team structure so that our leadership team is designed out of as many manager and doer level roles as possible. So they get to focus the vast majority, if not all of their time on just being a good department lead. Yeah. And Joey, what you've done so well with this is so backwards of what we think, right? Like we mentioned, like the biggest mistake that people make is bringing in a high level integrator expert from the beginning. But yeah. your leadership team is essentially built from the ground up. Like yes. they start as, as doers, then go to managers and they work their way up. So now they're, they're experts. You don't have to go pay experts, but you're continuing to put us in these high level roles where we make more and work less. Yes. And it keeps the company financially stable and it keeps everyone within the company continuing to elevate. And I always say that the, the, the showstopper for me is to work with somebody who puts a cap on my growth, right? Or a ceiling mm. on how much I can do be create. And that's the key to this visionary phase is really mastering that culture where everyone in the company never feels like there's a ceiling on what they can do and what they can. Yeah. yeah. It's I'm glad you say that because it's, it's something that we try to be super mindful of intentional about of consistently pulling out our team chart with our, our teammates at various levels and saying, Hey, when we look to the, five or 10 year version of what this team chart can look like. How high do you want your name to be on these various roles? Mm -hmm. And yeah, it, it's, it's pretty empowering to, yeah. to say the least. I do also, I want to go back to systemizer and I'm sorry, to solopreneur and hustler, these phases one and two, because if I'm being honest, most of the business owners that I talk to, are finding themselves in one of these initial two phases. Yeah. And some of these solopreneurs that we've worked with are making seven or eight figures, right? Yes. Like there's this misconception of like, you know, I need to be at a certain point or, but it can be completely backwards. And like, I consider myself in my own business as a manager, but I'm not hitting crazy revenue feeling. Yeah. There's like, it's all over the place. Right. Um, I mean, I was talking to someone just the other day who his entire business is he consults. Mm eight-figure minimum companies. And he's a solopreneur right now. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? And yes. And so with the time that we have left today, I just want to zoom in a little bit more on 
if you are like, oh my gosh, I'm either in phase one or phase two, what can I do to get to that next phase? Because spoiler alert, you can't skip phases here. <laughs> Darn. But I want to give some golden nuggets around what you can do to quickly get to phase two or phase three. Um, quick tip. Make sure you sign up for our free training. <laughs> Number one. Because I've got three days worth of free trainings all about these five CEO phases. And we're going to identify things that you can be doing to get to that next phase. So you can go to it's really easy, stressfreescaling.net. Um, Liz, would you mind putting that in the chat? Yeah. Awesome. And it really helps to see the visuals too. So if you come to the free trainings, Joey has slides and you can really see the different phases. And um, that's one of my favorite parts. I, lo yeah. I love, always love your slides. We're on a mission to, uh, I mean, we, we've purchased 150 spots for people to be joining live in this, in this webinar room over the next um, week or so. Uh, again, the first training will kick off next week if you're watching this live or shortly after. Um, so that's Thursday, June 15th is the first training. And then it goes Thursday, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, we've only got 150 live spots on each of these live trainings. We do expect them to fill up. So uh, don't just save your spot and register, but also make sure it's on your calendar and that you're showing up. Um, that being said, I was just in a Facebook group. And I think Liz, you even brought this to my attention. Um, there was, there was someone who was saying, Hey, I'm ready to hire a VA. Like, where can I get started? And people in the comments were like, Oh my gosh, I have a VA for you. Mm -hmm. There are, I'll, I mean, there are some business owners who I think are feeling overwhelmed and confused about what steps to take to find a VA that you can hire. But that, I think, seems to be something that is starting to resolve itself more and more. The bigger question is, once I find someone that I like, what exactly do I do to hire them and bring them on board and start training them? And I, I follow up and ask that person, like, hey, it sounds like you've already got some great next steps on people who could be good candidates to be a VA for your team. Are you clear and confident once you find these people on how you're going to hire them and onboard them and train them? And she's like, oh, I haven't even thought that far. And that's what happens. I mean, that is totally what happens. Yeah. And so I know a lot of people, they, they focus so much on one of, you know, the, the, the first or next step of what do I do to kind of start this process? And then the bigger overwhelm happens when they find this person, like, I want to hire you. And then like, oh, shoot, what paperwork do I give you? How do we get started? What do we do? Whatever. Or what am um, I going to have them do? Like I had all these ideas and now I don't actually know how to get it from my head and, you know, into their system, you know, like it's, it's a lot. Yeah. And, and so there, I mean, we have a way of doing that. Um, there are lots of ways to hire and onboard a, a new teammate and, I wanted to bring this up because before we went live, Liz mentioned a, a really great uh, exercise that, that she has gone through recently that I'm pretty familiar with through James Wedmore called the Mount Everest exercise. Um, and 
we don't have time today to go through that entire exercise, although it's amazing. And maybe we'll, we'll link up to where maybe James has that available on a podcast or something, but really it's about getting super clear in your thinking about your future self and what you did to get into that future. Mm -hmm. And so that would be my big tip here is to put yourself in the future where you have a, a new VA who is just crushing it on your team. And from that place of it's, I don't know, December, 2023, I have three VAs that are all just crushing it. If you're, if you're putting yourself into the future and looking back, what are the steps that you took? Especially after you found those potential VAs to make sure that they were good fits to officially bring them on board, to start to train them up on certain tasks that you want them to develop a mastery in. Um, you can probably identify a lot of these tasks and to-do items just by going through this exercise. It's just that so few entrepreneurs take the time to think that far in the future. And we only think of, oh, all I need is a friend to give me a name of someone and then I'll be set. Yeah. Or what am I, what am I getting done today? Right. Like yeah. it's just survival of what am I getting done today? Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, something that I've learned along the way, we're, we're all different, right? Whether we're vision, visionary learners or auditory learners, or I know people that can sit down and write a system in a list, like it's nothing where I'm, I have to start with recording myself. And if mm. I can hear myself talk through a process, I hear so much more than what I would have just written down. Cause I, it's like my brain thinks in short form, but if mm. I'm actually like pretending that I'm sitting next to somebody and I'm talking them through what I do and why I do it, you know, that, that tends to work. And then I can either have someone or chat GBT transcribe this, turn it into a step-by-step -step process, right. Or just share the videos for people that prefer to learn, you know, via video, but we tend to overcomplicate yeah. delegating and systems, but it's like, just start there. Right. Yeah. And I think that's a, a good note to end on is if you feel like you can relate to being in that phase one solopreneur or, or phase two hustler, mm -hmm. how can you take that time to just reflect on, okay, if I'm in solopreneur, what are the action steps to just bring on that first VA so that I can get to, to phase two hustler. Yeah. And if I'm in phase two and I have at least one VA, the next phase above that is coverage. So what am I going to be doing to either to probably both hire more and improve our systems so that multiple people can be doing it? Yeah. And Joey, I love how you always push yourself too and our students to think about that time when they first start getting their time back, mm. what can they be doing with that time so that they're really seeing the ROI, Yeah, you know, and really getting clear on, okay, this person is saving me three hours a week. So I need to make sure that those three hours a week I'm spending doing something really intentional and it may not be revenue generating and that's okay, but just being really intentional about how you spend that time. Yeah. I think if, 
if we were somehow able to monitor this, I wouldn't be surprised if there was a huge amount of entrepreneurs who are thinking, oh, if I just bring on a VA, I'll spend less time in Canva and more time doing other stuff. And then they use all of that free time that they're getting from that VA to just play around in Canva. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So yeah, very, very good point to think about where, where are you directing that extra time that you're getting back? Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, there's, once you get a little taste of it, it's like, you can never go back. Like yeah. I always tell people, if I had to get rid of my team, my podcast would no longer exist. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because they're really the backbone of getting all the pieces together. And it's not a lot, but to know where I'm spending my time and that I can be spending that time helping business owners like you is way more rewarding than tinkering mm. and editing and graphics, right? Yeah. And your brain starts to shift into thinking in that way. I think it goes back to this idea too of employees focus on making money. Mm -hmm entrepreneurs and CEOs focus on making machines that make money. Yeah. yeah. And if, if you're ready <clears throat> to get rid of that employee mentality, to stop thinking that, Oh, I just need to work harder in order to make more. Mm -hmm. If you're ready to build systems and team so that you can have more of that machine in place that can make money without you. Sign up for this free training, Stress-Free Scaling. Again, go to stressfreescaling.net. Save your spot. We're kicking things off. Uh, it's crazy in a week. Yep. And uh, this is the best training that my team and I have ever put together on. If you're feeling stuck in your business, if you're feeling like you're on the hamster wheel with things, if, you're, if you feel like you're working hard in your business, but you're still stuck revenue-wise, you're still stuck with the same type of stressors, uh, we for several, I want to say over a hundred businesses at this point have helped people with team building uh, efforts so that they can start scaling in a stress-free way. And if you want to join the ranks of the business owners that are not only surviving through this recession, but thriving because you're doing what 90% of other business owners aren't doing, mm -hmm. I mean, it's a free training. Why not yeah. sign up? And this is, this is the work that most business owners are not doing. Absolutely. For sure. And if you're feeling intimidated, like you have to be at a certain point, I think, you know, to Joey's point about being the solo or the hustler, you know, it doesn't matter. This is applicable to whether you're already making a million dollars a quarter. And some of our students are. Yeah. And then some of our students are still trying to hit that first six figures. Yeah. But it's all the same. And if right. anything, I think the sooner you learn these skills and build, the better off you'll be in the long run. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I feel awesome. like I could go start a business on anything now that I've gone through the program so many times. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, as always, so grateful and thankful to Liz for joining us. Um, I think that does it for this week. So Liz and I will see you, uh, well, Liz, at least I will be here next week on the Business yep. Growth Advantage. Um, you'll always see Liz popping in every other week. So um, at least two out of every one of our four plus uh, episodes each month will we'll have Liz's face on it. And who knows? Maybe as Liz's capacity opens up, we'll bring her on to everything and she'll be joining our interview shows as well. 
Fun. I'm always, I'm always down to chit chat. You know that my extroverted heart loves it. I love it. I love it. All right. Bye everybody. See yep. you soon. See ya. All right, that'll do it for this week's episode of the Business Growth Advantage with me, Joey C. Vitale. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see y'all next week. Learn the